to You Need to See This, an every other weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Bree, and I'm joined by my co-host. Which is me. Hi, I'm Cozy. Hello. Hey, Cozy. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Not too bad overall. Um, I feel like it's been a very busy weekend of just like dealing with a whole bunch of stuff all in a row, all at once, almost with no like order to it. Just like a lot of chaos productivity. <laughs> Mm. which I've never heard of as a term, but it feels right for my life. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, I don't think I've heard that term, but I feel like that also fits generally how I uh, handle my business. (laughs) It's always chaotic and it's never organized, but it's somehow productive in maybe the wrong ways all the time. But in the end, it all kind of (laughs) somehow works out. Yeah, that feels like a shirt I should make. Chaos productivity is my type or something weird like that. I don't know, (laughs) but because I'm feeling it so much, like I just threw a bunch of laundry on the bed and like five seconds before that, I was throwing a bunch of like money together from one of my improv teams to like get the treasury updated for tomorrow. Also on your bed? uh, Yeah, it's all on my bed. Everything is bed related. I threw the microphone for this podcast on my bed really quickly. Um, I just like handled, uh, I threw a bunch of pins from last night's scene kids all over my bed, Um, you know, just taking care of business. Yeah, take care of badness. <laughs> take care um, of badness. All very safe. I also definitely stepped on one of the pins from last night, but I'm ouch. Okay. Yeah, oh, good. it was. It was like it wasn't terrible, but it was enough where I'm like, that's not fun. But it was fine. It wasn't like band aid worthy. But anyway, things are pretty chill. Uh, how about yourself? How are things? Uh, good. Yeah, I feel uh the same. I've started doing a different uh organ. I'm tr- I'm like uh ADHD, so I I've tried to find new organization systems all the time. Um, and Ooh. I've recently uh you know I tried the whole bullet journaling thing, which works right. somewhat for me. And then I'm like back to Google calendars, and I'm doing this new like tiered priorities calendar that and it's working so far. Knock on wood. Um, so Hell yeah, yeah, just trying to also like stay productive and uh without being chaotic but it's sort of like the nature of I think the way my brain works (laughs) yeah it's all it's all about like working with the the methods that we have and like tricking ourselves into working better through all that stuff yeah it's very fascinating I was like I can't stop myself from doing things but I can trick myself into doing them in a way that works for me exactly (laughs) yeah yeah that's really what it's about it's finding tweaking and uh yeah tweaking things to make them work for you um anyway uh we are comedians <laughs> we are writers and we are cybernetic organisms <laughs> uh every episode one of us tries to convince the other that was my uh arnold uh and the oh, audience... which one <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited to find out <laughs> uh every episode we try to convince uh the other host and the audience that they need to see a specific film and we do it with no spoilers that is very true. And today we have a special guest, which is very exciting to me. Yes. Always a treat. We have the one and only fantastic Josh Spence. Hello, Josh. Yo, what's going on, guys? So happy to be here. Oh, hey. so happy to have you here. Oh, uh, we're doing twins today, right? That was the cybernetic <laughs> organism. I, uh, I assume, I assume. Uh, another movie that I have never seen. I probably. I'm I, happy to do the next episode of Twins. Let's I, I also haven't seen Twins, so that could be Whoa. one that you could convince both of us oh, to watch. A double convince. God, we haven't had one of those in a while. I I feel like it's been so. I tend to avoid those, but there's always a chance. 
Yeah, I've missed out on so much of his stuff. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves because, Josh, you were not in the movie Twins. You are instead the host of the Super Legit Podcast. Yes, sir. Um, You have also uh, put together a lot of fantastic comedy shows in the past that I've been a part of. Uh, You've been a part of some of my comedy shows as well. Um, It's a mutual admiration society, for sure. 100%. It's true. It's true. Good people doing good work. Ah, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't yeah I I always love asking this to people in my life in general and especially comedy people I'm like wait do you remember when we first met do you have a concept of that because my memory for that is always awful a hundred percent it was a scene kids show it was really oh, cool. yeah wow. yeah yeah uh a scene kids show from like a million years ago but was like it, was it at the pack or was it like an indie scene kids show it was an indie scene kids show there we go uh <laughs> fantastic and and you you were in the in uh, the scene kids get up and i was just like this is this is a guy i need to pay attention to this is <laughs> like it catered to all of my uh all of my pop cultural leanings plus the show was very funny like it was it was great it was a great thank night. you yeah, oh i'm that. so glad to hear that that's fantastic um yeah that's great yeah in the old days before scene kids had a show for about I think for about a year we did like only indie shows and we always dressed up for them. And we had the tech person play like mosh songs and shit like that. Yeah. That was so good. (laughs) Oh, thank you. We're probably going to be getting back to that next year. I hope so. (laughs) It should be fun because we haven't, we haven't done an indie run in a while and it's always so fun to show the new kids who are all like so excited. They just got out of doing like their first Wii improv class and they're like doing shows and I'm like, here's a thing you can do if you want. You can dress up like a Hot Topic kid and break every format at a show that exists already. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. I love oh, it. Oh, I thank you. Um, but Josh, tell us more about the Super Legit podcast. I want I want people to know about that. But I also want people before that to know that that is why, that that show is why you can hear me as well as you can, because Josh is a sweetie pie who gave me a professional microphone to record on that show. And that is what I've been using for this show for a while now. Hey, man, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you so so much. It is the sweetest. Good people helping good people. I love it. It's true. It has been so helpful because in the past it was just me using Apple iPods, which (laughs) are earbuds, but they somehow worked, but they they were not the same quality. (laughs) Yeah. I just just felt a shiver go up my uh, creative partners uh jet kaufman's <laughs> back hearing that just, <laughs> just that that has been the bane of his existence and for that we love him for working it out anyways oh um, it's true it's true the super legit pod is uh it's been my favorite thing the past couple of years um basically what it is is uh, it's a group of us we used to have a stage show and our favorite part was like the shows were great don't get me wrong but we love doing the bits before the show mm-hmm. and then talking about how great the bits were after the show and it was a little bit of like a little bit of the improv a little bit of the conversation a little bit of catching up and you put all three of those things together and that's kind of what the super legit pod is now uh we have our friends come on we catch up we talk we do bits uh it's kind of like a living room and that evolves into greater improv scenes and we do some improvised ads some real ads mm-hmm. just it's a whole bunch of just catching up with people that we like so uh it's a great show. If you haven't heard it yet, give it a listen and uh, we'll probably have you on because we like you. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I love that. I love, uh, yeah, listening to 
to improv podcast and especially when it's more conversational like that great yeah it makes such a difference honestly you can really feel the sort of the honesty in it mm-hmm. and it's true that is such something that like I feel like uh you know b- the before and the after the show are really the parts where people feel connected like you obviously doing the show is great too and like you but it's being able to like release that afterward it's like going to a movie and talking about it afterward it's like <laughs> oh my god what did you think of this and and oh I loved how you did that and oh right yeah and I think what also helps is like when we do break out into scenes which is kind of like a, a bat you know because you can't see it mm-hmm. it's it's not like you're on stage for the next 15 to 25 minutes. You you have to keep going. It's like, no, if there's if there's no scene to break out, we'll just talk about whatever the question of the day is and we can just have a fun conversation. But like mm-hmm. if there's something that warrants like, oh, well, we have to do this, then, then, we'll, <laughs> then we'll go into that. We'll go into that world and play with it as much as possible. And then once, oh yeah, we're good. Okay, let's go. So anyways, as we were saying. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like that. It kind of has like a mix of a bat and a pretty flower happening. Right. You which know. I love with like living room happening. Um, my one of my old two person improv teams, uh, the form the form that we did was um doing a doing a a core scene um as people so we were like doing an improv scene, but uh like uh physically, but visual but while we were talking, we were talking living room, so we were only talking as ourselves having like stories. Yeah, but, but physically we were like sword fighting or taking out the trash or like petting a dog. <laughs> and whenever we had something That's interesting, fun. yeah, it was so fun. And then whenever we um had something interesting, we would do like we would pedal off just like with a pretty flower into like those scenes, and those were like normal person scenes. And then we'd come back to the story, and our goal was always or not the story, the main scene, uh, which was story stuff. And our goal was always to eventually make the thing we were saying match the thing we were doing, but not for a while. <laughs> it was really strange. Like we were cooking each other. Someone was being cooked in a in a pot of soup. And at the same time, we were just having a chill conversation about like college and being and like roommates and stuff. <laughs> I think those are the great shows when you remember exactly the space work that you were also doing. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh my God. It's true. You know, <laughs> I had a scene where I I was building this chair and he walked th- right through my chair and then we fought about him walking through my chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, or like carrying chairs for the full scene or whatever. <laughs> I, when the space work gets called out, that's yes. yeah. There's there's some fun in it. It, it, it can it can t- pivot things in a really fun direction. God, I so love true. yeah that breaking the fourth wall of it. When, and once you call that out and you incorporate it, yeah, it's. It's the best. I love oh, it. it makes such a difference. It's true because it is just honesty at that point, and people can see it, so you give it to them. Um, tell us some stuff about your about your uh, history with movies. I'm very curious. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've I've grown up watching movies. I mm-hmm. like movies. Um, besides that, honestly, I was uh, I majored in journalism. Oh, uh, yeah, writing film review. So I did that mm-hmm. for. Oh, cool. I, I don't know, a good eight years mm. uh, in junior college and, and regular college. Uh, I was the editor-in-chief for a newspaper for a while. I was mm. the uh, chief movie critic at like eight different spots. I've Damn. Written, wow. I've written for a couple of uh, independent newspapers, the Topanga Messenger, the Canyon Chronicle. They're kind of like the 
the LA Weekly of like Malibu, Pacific Palisades, Ventura area. I did that, uh, I don't know, up until about two years ago. So I, I wrote there for like seven years. Uh, Damn. Fantastic gig. You know, I'm a veteran of the press junket circuit and <laughs> interviews and screenings and, and that whole stuff. So yeah, movies have, I worked as a projectionist at Arclight also during that time. For like, Oh, I love I would, it. I would stay, uh, I think I, I wrote a post about this. I remember there was a time where when we, they would get new films in, you would actually stay overnight to load up all the new stuff and set everything up for the upcoming week. So oh. some of my favorite memories would be staying overnight at an arc light, loading up new films and then watching the new films for quality control. At like holy shit in the morning to a theater all by myself. So like, Oh, that's you fun. know, <laughs> yeah. like I, like it's a, it's a, it's a core memory for me being up at like three 30 in the morning at Arclight El Segundo, watching <laughs> the social network by myself in a theater by myself at, Ooh. you know, uh. you know, like, you know, it's just stuff like that. You remember like the light reflecting off the screen into a theater by like, that's such a, I don't know. That's such a vibrant memory for me. So uh, movies has always been a big thing in my life. Um, I write movies. I try to do, uh, I'm working on some short film stuff. So oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I love film. It's I think it's one of the great greatest mediums and you know shared communal things that we have to offer. Oh, I completely. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, I've always wanted to. I feel like the projectionist job was always like sort of a dream job. Like to it get is. you know, I was like, oh, that seems so cool to just yeah. So, yeah. Some of the I mean, the the pay was was not great, right? <laughs> Admittedly, but um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so many great memories like there there would be the the windows that you can look into the theater and just especially when a movie was really popping like especially when harry potter had its run oh, and right. you're watching the crowd mm. reacting to mm. harry potter and they're all they're just like applauding you get the big gasp at like sharing that yeah thing together is such it's such a special thing it's Plus, I got to see Harry Potter like a million times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you hear? So this is always an interesting thing to me. You know, those movies where at the very beginning or maybe even during it, maybe I should say at the very beginning, like like mm -hmm. um, like a dogma, I think, where there's like something everyone's reading together on the screen and nothing else has happened. Mm hmm. Have you, do you have like any memories of seeing that from the projectionist perspective of watching everyone slowly read everything and like react in different like waves? It's hard because there aren't a lot of movies like that, but when they happen, there's something so special about that to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the films that was definitely like that was watching uh, one, I, this is how long I, I was a projectionist, was watching X-Men First Class. Oh, of, wow. Of all things. <laughs> and like we had it in subtitles as well there's okay. like a subtitle version mm. so you would actually you would you could actually watch people like read it and then, <gasps> and then like <laughs> but that was like two scenes ago you know oh. so it, it's this delayed thing every time and it you would see i don't know it'd be a crowd of like 60 people which isn't super big for a theater but considering it's x-men first class and subtitles <laughs> you can forgive it but the fact that you're like oh there's 60 people 
this big revelation is supposed to happen. You're expecting 60 people to <gasps> react audibly. Mm-hmm. And the fact that maybe like 20 of them did, you go, <laughs> I don't know if they just didn't think that was a big deal or they just missed the importance of it. Like, there's What is the 40 people thinking on that? I think it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Reading audiences in that way is always so fascinating to me. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What was another great one? I, I was working at uh, Pacific Theaters mm. 2005. And again, going back to Harry Potter, that's with the what Goblet of Fire. I think that's the, the one where the, the Triwizard Tournament. I never saw mm-hmm. any of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is great. <laughs> So I, uh, I've seen I've seen them all and read the books. <laughs> so yeah, so like one person, like you know, one person would be like, "When I say Harry, you say Potter, Harry," and then like oh the whole audience, Potter, Harry, Potter. It's just like that's oh. what's that like they are getting every bit of their their tickets worth. It's the best. Oh Aww. yeah. Paranormal Activity was always that. Uh, I remember the theater experience going to the premieres of those was very <laughs> similarly like, like this is a movie that's better when you watch it with like a 50 other people. <laughs> uh, that was a fun one too. I was at I was at El Segundo at the time and yeah, mm. watching people get up and leave. <laughs> There's like, no, I've had my, no, like, fuck this. I'm, not, I'm done. They just can't what handle anymore. From under the bed? <laughs> what yeah they're like it's daytime and bad things are happening things aren't supposed to be bad in the daytime oh my god (laughs) or that was there'd be uh sometimes i would open and uh yeah the first film would be at like 11 o'clock noon the matinee whatever and yeah you would see like some people come in and see you know paranormal activity uh at 11 o'clock and it would still be too scary for them they're like no i'm good i know i'm gonna have nightmares with this (laughs) like even if it's the daytime and bad things don't happen during the daytime i still don't want to take the risk i'm fine (laughs) oh i love that and there's and i I always love sitting next to someone who's like hyper reactive during a horror movie it makes me so happy yeah or even like any movie if someone's hyper reactive next to me i'm just like i i don't know you but i want to like talk to you after this more Uh, like yeah i'll go for it i'll I'll share this real quick i just also had a post about this my buddy michael hyman who's also on the super legit pod the moment i knew we would become best friends is i invited him to a screening of coco at uh the el capitan Mm. and that moment have you seen coco i love Uh, coco Okay, there's a very pivotal moment where it's a tearjerker mm-hmm. and both of us were just openly weeping together. And at that moment, I was like, I can cry in front of this guy. We're going to be best friends. And we've been best friends ever since. Yeah, that's amazing. I love honestly being able to cry in front of someone is so fucking like key and important, especially like these days and especially with people with good taste and art. Mm-hmm. because that's like that's it that's why we're that's why we're doing it sometimes uh on the other hand there's something interesting because i saw coco uh accidentally in spanish uh, amazing <laughs> at a theater and, and the I subtitles were just crazy <laughs> <laughs> yes crazy no i uh i didn't know like because they were they were singing the songs and they were all in spanish and i just like, was oh. like oh that's interesting i was like oh i didn't realize that they were that i was watching the spanish uh, like in a Spanish theater mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's, that's interesting because cool. I was like these songs are really good in Spanish and then like right. then I started getting into the dialogue and I was like wow they're all still speaking in Spanish I think I'm in the wrong theater <laughs> and then I, I looked at my ticket and it was like uh it was it said in parentheses like 
Spanish and but That's it was awesome. like one of those movies that like it's Pixar so good at like yeah evoking emotion that like people I was still getting teary eyed and like crying and I knew what was going on like by mm-hmm. context and right and I was like by myself there and I remember being like it's so weird to also cry in front of strangers and have like a Aww. sort of shared experience of like of you know we're all reacting to the same sort of emotional core of things and yeah. There's something nice about that too. And I was like, I don't even speak your language. And I love, and I'm feeling the same feelings. That's the best. Oh, feeling yeah. united in that way. It's so nice. Coco yeah. will get you, man. And Apparently. Honestly, yeah, those songs, I feel like I'm, I because I saw them in Spanish first, I'm like, they're better in Spanish. They're better when they're in Spanish. That's, that's how <laughs> yeah, they're that, meant to be. That legitimately sounds like an experience. I need to, I want to, uh, yeah, I, I want to rewatch that film in Spanish, if they have it somewhere, that sounds fantastic. Ooh, yeah, it was great. That could uh, be a fun thing to do. Yeah, I feel like after that, I was like, I should experiment more with watching more, like Pixar specifically, like in different languages, because it's oh, just, they're so like those movies are, are like so um, emotion heavy without really having a lot of dialogue mm. and in a lot of spots, you know. Yeah, they're you're they're universally like sound. It, it conveys across the board. Yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember putting on an improv show that was 100% in Spanish, and I fucking loved it, even when I didn't understand what was happening, which was most of it. But there were moments where I was like, oh, this is so emotive. I love it. I'm on board. Was that Geraldo? Uh, that was, we had, I believe we had Geraldo, and we had... That was a fun group. Yeah, we had a bunch of groups that only, uh, that did, like, improv entirely in Spanish. Right. Um, and we had, uh, we had um, some, like, uh, character acts and things like that that were in oh, Spanish okay. and we had a different group entirely host the show for us the whole show was in Spanish that's and great we were I was that's just fun. doing tech and like paying for it and I was like I fucking love this <laughs> ah, it was a, it was a quinceanera theme, themed show oh that's fun it was so much fun I can't remember who we got to host it mm-hmm. um, but it was either Geraldo or another team I think it was another team but um whoever they were it's been a, i don't think they do stuff anymore but they were great oh good times though that's usually how that happens <laughs> it's true i mean it's been so long at this point too right we, al- right, we also right. did an entirely in french show and that one was also incredible <laughs> i i feel like when we we talk about improv which we have surprisingly a lot for a film podcast sorry <laughs> that bothers sorry. you i feel like we're doing almost uh to do a very very old another old cultural uh touchstone it's like that bill brasky bit from saturday night live where it just like the thing it's for i remember bill brasky (laughs) he fought three lumberjacks in space doing this to bill brasky it's like (laughs) to the death laser to whatever old team that doesn't exist anymore right (laughs) oh it's key though it's so key someone's gotta do it someone's gotta remember someone has to carry on the pieces of it 100 percent Right. This is how we uh, keep going in the arts. That's true. We're the artists. Yeah. Um, Everything live and ephemeral always ends up being like this weird spotty oral history in kind of the most fun way. And then we realize that it's such a giant like um, scene and there's so much happening at the same time that there are so many parts that we all missed that other people saw where it's like, oh, I was at this legendary show that night while another legendary show was going on at a theater I never go to. Well, and then right. I came into comedy late, so I feel like a lot of teams you've mentioned I don't never heard of because I started doing uh, sketch at the pack in 29, 20, I guess late 2018. 
okay well thank you for nodding along politely (laughs) you were were also at that show (laughs) i was not but i was like it sounds good (laughs) i mean i can i can tell there's a there's a a shared uh, love of 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 these comedy teams and shows and i was like yeah i wish i was there i wish i was in in la at the time or right seen yeah i feel like my only uh sense of comedy was just whatever sketch shows i'd seen on tv but never really live comedy until until I moved here. That's fair, honestly. I think it, but that, but that means that you're. That's the nice thing is that you're still gonna get so many of those like memories, and they're still gonna be coming from such weird different places, no matter what. And there will still be people who like stopped after you kept going, and then you'll have these things that they sort of stopped caring and never got to see. It's all weird overlap. <laughs> and then there'll be me, cozy, and Methuselah talking about. <laughs> The old times and, and Robert <laughs> Clark Chan as well. That's, That's what I was about to say. Yes, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So what you'll be the wise ones. Yeah, <laughs> and the, everyone, the elders. The elders. <laughs> and everyone will be like, "What are you talking about? I've never heard of a Del Close theater before." <laughs> You're a Del Close theater. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of comedy, is today's film a comedy? Have we introduced it yet? Not yet. I was okay. wait, honestly. I was going to segue with the Spanish conversation because i was like there's a little bit of spanish in this movie <laughs> there is um, <laughs> yes nice and then oh, i perfect. and then i missed my opportunity and i was like okay i'll wait um <laughs> but yes today uh josh and i are con- gonna try to convince cozy to watch the 1991 action sci-fi terminator to judgment day <laughs> and cozy you need to see this movie I have never seen a single Terminator. I have seen very, very few action movies. I have seen very few movies uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger in them. Uh, So this will be an uphill battle for all of you. I'm excited to see how it goes. (laughs) Can I ask why? Yes, please. And I will be happy to answer. Why? Um, Well, (laughs) well, thank you. (laughs) Um, So I would say... And and people have heard me talk about this a little bit before, I think, mm-hmm. is that I've always been historically against um, action, not just action movies, mm-hmm. uh, not just things that are very mainstream like action movies, mm-hmm. but also things that have like meat men in them, like just muscly dudes. Oh, my buddy. comes uh-huh. from this place of like hating macho culture as like right. the son of a poet and an oil painter. Right. And like watching movies where the, the nerds are the good guys and the jocks are the bad guys and being like, Oh, that's like those are like jocks in a in like grown-up sure. form, and all the jocks that love sports love action movies. So it was always very tainted for me. And right. I was like, I'd rather see a comedy where everything is funny. <laughs> and and just so we're on the same page, Brianna has seen this film, right? I have seen it. I've seen it many times, and so I would argue I could... that this is an exception because uh, yeah. he's it's a, he's like kind of a nerd jock because of the sci-fi elements to it i was about to say i think brianna will agree with me that cozy is kind of digging his own grave (laughs) in that whole like well said (laughs) monologue but like (laughs) like if if life is a herald like oh this end scene is gonna be so good because he's just setting himself up it's gonna be fantastic I love to hear that. And also um, w- another thing that I realized is uh, during the course of this podcast, uh, while talking to ca- uh, past uh, guest, Amy Lermit, who mm-hmm. I did sketch with back in college, incredible old days stuff. Um, uh, she tried, she convinced me to watch um, the Vin Diesel sci-fi movie 
that I forget the name of. Uh, where, Riddick or Pitch Black? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Pitch Black. Okay. Where, Pitch Black. And, yeah. And Solid during, film. And during the course of that, I realized that I'm okay with meat men who are in space because <laughs> there yeah. is some. They're not in their context of like I'm going to be a macho jerk to everybody on Earth, um, you know. And 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 they're like fighting aliens. So it's like, sure, I get how a macho guy would fight an alien. Right. So, so can I can I start with my first reason then? Because I'm so ooh. happy we're talking about. This. Oh, ooh. not yet. We have so much to go first. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I, I, That's I'm right. just gonna get into like a brief synopsis, so that <laughs> oh, we right, have right, the right. sense of what the film's about. <laughs> Bad Josh. We'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're fine. You're great. And then we'll get into like the you know the who's in it, and and then we'll get into our reasons. Oh yeah, uh, all this stuff. But yeah, so I'll go. I'll get into the synopsis right now. Ooh. So you know more about this film, even though I feel like you kind of get at least. A sense of what's going on that right. sounds good you also you also have a little bit of an uphill battle because i tend to want to watch a first movie before i watch a sequel to something you're fine but yeah see that's good <laughs> to know too yeah and i have seen paddington too but never seen the original paddington so like oh brother you're not living right and i've seen, <laughs> and I've seen gremlins too but i haven't seen the original gremlins so there is some oh. room for me at this point <laughs> for convincement one... yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'll get into this and we'll decide where you're at before we get into our reasons. Um, <laughs> so over 10 years have passed since the first machine called the Terminator tried to kill Sarah Connor and her unborn son, John. The man who will become the future leader of the human resistance against the machines is now a teenager. However, another Terminator called the T-1000 is sent back through time by the su supercomputer Skynet. And this new Terminator is more advanced and more powerful than its predecessor. And its mission is to kill John Connor when he's still a kid. However, Sarah and John do not have to face the threat of the T-1000 alone. Another Terminator, identical to the same model that tried and failed to kill Sarah Connor, is also sent back through time to protect them. Now, the battle for tomorrow has begun. Okay, so... I've heard a lot of references to Terminator stuff before, so I, I, a lot of this makes sense to me already, um, more than I would normally. Um, so this is not the same Arnold that was in the first movie. It's an identical model. Is that what we're saying? Do you, well, <laughs> per our spoiler rule, can we ex explain that or no? We don't want to do that. Hmm. Because yeah, that's, it, this is tricky because it's. There's a simple answer, but also if you're going to watch it. Yeah, I, I I suppose there's also something to be said about the fact that this is a, we're talking about a sequel. So there may be spoilers to the first movie in this naturally, which is a bummer, but it kind of unavoidable because even the fact that a sequel exists means that things went well enough in the first one to exist. So Surprisingly, <laughs> no. The first one was done in 84, which was uh -huh. as a standalone sci-fi low budget film sure and they weren't expecting that to be done again so seven right. years later came the sequel it was it's not very it's not mcu related where like one film sets up directly what's gonna happen in a soap opera style fashion sure it, it very much uh it very much it, i'll say this to avoid the spoilers the questions that you think you would have <laughs> answers them oh okay i like that all right yeah. that's good to know so uh yeah. So like regard regardless of what happened in the first one, uh he is a dude who has been sent to do the thing. Okay. All right. Like been sent you... and he looks he looks like the terminator from the first film. Okay. Right. Like if you wanted to do 1 and 2, which I highly recommend, you can. If you wanted to do 2 as a standalone, you also very well can. 
Two recaps, one very like naturally and organically, like within Ooh. the first probably 15, 20 minutes or so, like you get like a natural sort of like you you can jump into this alone and it still feels standalone because it sort of starts off uh, in a similar place as the first one, but it's a different. Yeah, it's 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 a different storyline. And then you sort of understand how things came to be at this point and why this Terminator is different, but also you know, it's still Arnold. So, okay. So, so basically plot for this one is, um, uh, sci-fi thing comes back in time to kill someone who will be a resistance leader. And then to stop that from happening, uh, another thing comes back in time also to fight the guy who's back in time. Okay. So it's time fighting. It's time. It's two time fighting terminators. One of them's there to protect (laughs) John Connor and the other one is there to to do away with them forever because of it, mm. the threats. One hundred percent. They should have um, called them timinators. They missed their window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, it's less it's, aggro. It sounds it very Arnold when you say timinator. Yeah, timinator. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was timinators. <laughs> I am a timinator. Also, so there's something cool about this movie where if you don't watch the first one, Sarah Connor, okay, if you watch the first one, it's cool to see how much Sarah Connor has changed. But if you don't, Ooh. you can still come into the second one and be uh, like, wow, Sarah Connor is such a badass. Um, stepping on anyway. my points, but 100% agree with it. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that later. But okay, so this was written by James Cameron uh, and William Wisher. Um, William Wisher? Who's that? Uh, you know, I didn't recognize the name, but he also worked on the original Terminator, uh, Judge Dredd. Oh, okay. Um, I remember Judge Dredd. That yeah. was a movie I saw in Paris. Oh, cool. I might have seen it in <laughs> French. It might have involved English subtitles. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Call back. It has to have involved English subtitles, or or I saw it in English. One of those two. I remember someone's arm or leg being like frozen and like broken or something off with liquid nitrogen. Anyway, Judge Dredd. Wow, yeah, and then I guess he worked on a couple of the Exorcist films too. Uh, Exorcist: okay. The Beginning and Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Oh wow, he's definitely a genre guy then for sure. Mm. Yeah, and then James Cameron, of course, <laughs> James, uh, James Cameron, Cameron is yeah. James Cameron. We know uh, <laughs> Titanic, all the Avatar avatars. I wrote it down as like the multiples. I'm like Terminators, Avatars. <laughs> Yes, this this is this is definitely i think his his best writing i think the less mm. that he's worried about world building and creating the technology to convey that world you know uh all that energy has been put back into his writing it's kind of like peter jackson before he does all the cgi and all the stuff with Weta and creating that whole world mm. like if you just go back to like the frighteners it's like it's it's a very well developed funny script that's within the horror genre i think the same thing applies to cameron in that it's definitely a hard sci-fi hard action film but the writing is very economical and and very well said when if you examine it yeah okay so i think this is going to make people laugh or make a terrible noise um the only (laughs) which i'm equally happy to do to people uh so I looked at uh, James Cameron's filmography to figure out which things I've actually seen from him before. Mm -hmm. Uh, The answers are, I have seen, um, I have seen Dark Angel, the television show. Attaboy. And Mm -hmm. I have seen Avatar, 
and, and the sequel. And those are the only movies I have ever seen from James Cameron really? in my entire life. Not even life. like Titanic? No, I've never seen Titanic. Wow. I've never seen um, Rambo Aliens? First Blood Part 2. I've never seen Aliens. I only saw Ooh. Alien, the first Alien. Well, here's, I never, never saw here, True Lies. <laughs> here's the thing about it, dude. I honestly, I, I appreciate, and again, I'm going to try not to step on my points. But <laughs> I, I love what you're saying about this because if you decide to go down the Cameron oeuvre or whatever they call it, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, his, his catalog of work, Actually, a lot of it is very uh, has a powerful female lead in it. Like with Ooh, Angel, I like that. Dark Connor Chronicles, Alita Battle Angel, Avatar. Oh, oh uh, did he do Alita Battle Angel? Was he? Did he write he, that or something? He, he was a. I believe he's a. He he was in that world along with Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so I did see that one too. At then, least directed it. Yeah. And then, um, you yeah, know, it looks like we'll, he screenplay by it. It's, and then obviously we're going to deep <laughs> oh, dive into played. the Terminator 2 stuff. But uh, if you, I don't know if you've seen Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Uh, no, I only saw first Alien. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, my man, Ellen Ripley. I've heard good things. Bad ass. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's funny because he very, he does very in, in person comes off kind of just like an asshole. <laughs> I guess yeah, he's just a it... guy who knows what he wants and he's kind of more just impatient. But uh, as far as writing for women, I would I would argue that he's probably the best at writing for women, considering he's had so many strong female protagonists over his 30 plus year career at this point. Interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I would. Um, I it's, it's the critic like... in me hasn't died yet, guys. <laughs> I, I kind of love that. Now, do you mean the the best at writing for women as opposed to other skills that he has, or do you mean out of all the writers I, in Hollywood think, or all the I dude think out writers? Of the writers in Hollywood? I think it's I, funny because, like, you look at like dude bros. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like and that's there's the so many dude bros which... that will be like James Cameron, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. Two out of those three cannot write for women worth a shit. Like Tarantino <laughs> is a horrible. Oh, writer yeah. for female characters mm. and if you compare that to the stuff that's uh you know in in james cameron stuff it's let's all right let's take a look at it like okay you have sarah connor in terminator and terminator 2 i forget her name unfortunately but she's the main character in the abyss who leads a oh, you know, yeah. deep sea submarine mission she's the smartest one out of the whole group her name is her, meredith abyss <laughs> meredith abyss of course right um i think even if you even if you look at titanic which is a historical piece i think the fact that you give kate winslet's character agency in that film to break away from what would be deemed normal you know matriarchal order you have to marry this guy because he has money and he's the one that's going to take care of you and choosing to buck those trends mm. i think that's a statement for that time what 1919 which was the titanic stuff even that you know so obviously avatar you have a strong female lead there battle angel fantastic i i think that was a very slept on film uh yeah great right yeah and even thinking of like yeah aliens because you know that story and world had already been built with Ridley Scott but like but I feel like uh Ripley has so much more like badass agency in the second one oh, like because so... the first one she's sort of like a subject of a horror film whereas the second one was like I'm taking fucking yeah <laughs> and I think what's cool those two specifically Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor they're not in the discussion of like oh yeah they're pretty badass for a chick no they're just like <laughs> 
just they're really just good. they're just <laughs> up there and kicking ass like exactly you know they're they're just up there in the pantheon of of heroes and especially in hard action hard sci-fi they're mm. they're pretty gold standard so that's yeah pretty awesome yeah definitely i think also inspired a lot of young women such as myself to like you know be more into action movies and film because you you see someone like an ellen ripley or a sarah connor and you're like oh that's so cool and then you realize that the action world isn't so closed off to just like men in cars and big booms and like right or you fighting in a bikini you know it's just right i love this see this is this is the end that i wish i had had as a kid because i saw it as just a bunch of macho dudes and if i had seen it a bunch as a bunch of like awesome women i would have been like this is great all i'm on board for this 100 percent." well i'm also speaking <laughs> from it from a reformed macho dude because i ah. got into it at first oh it's violence and you know this. <laughs> it's, cool and it's sci-fi but then you know as you actually break down the film and what it means and what what it's saying and you know, uh, further examination, and as you grow as a human being, hopefully, mm -hmm. you're like, <laughs> oh, there's this whole other aspect that's fantastic and wonderful, and it has wonderful commentary. So I'm with you on that for sure. Nice. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'll uh, just sort of briefly get who's who's in it, and then we'll start really digging into our reasons. But of course, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, a uh, big action star, of course, the Timeinator. Last the Timonator. The Timonator himself. The, uh, the, in my mind, sadly, the dude who groped women and was a and was a jerk, but has since apologized. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> yes. But I'll never let action stars live any of that down. I love it. I'm just like, <laughs> remember this forever. All the people that a bunch of people worshipped. I'm like, Stallone is not a good person. Right. Schwarzenegger has been not a good person. So Getting I always had that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, they become macho. Uh, yeah, the, the being the action star. So maybe, so, you know, gets they the buy their a own bullshit bit. for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's the same way with yeah. like abusive boxers and people like that, where it's like I am we are we are given uh, social currency for violence. And so violence is how we solve our problems. And that's where the power is for us. Oof, yeah, yeah, it's all real shit. It's crazy. And like you are you can have whatever you want because of muscles and like stature and status right. in the in the world and i'm i'm so glad that i feel like so much of that has gone away it's it's not all gone but so much of it has right <laughs> or if it is gone it's yeah there's not as much you know i mean if it's not gone like we still obviously have so many action movies but the power dynamics and sort of like this is the supreme like version of any man that kind of i think uh standard is gone of like oh this is what you want to aspire to be it's like no there's so many different types of people and and men and women and and everyone on, on the spectrum like in between like it's just mm -hmm. there's so many different characters and and lives to live and yeah and uh, it feels like so many of the main action people right now are like a john wick guy or like you know a liam neeson guy who are mm -hmm. like not all muscly they're just more like capable while being like normal they right. don't have like it's, a macho thing they have a quiet thing they're like intelligent <laughs> and like skilled and uh yeah more uh, uh no not conniving but like yeah i guess they just like they they it's not all about blowing shit up and and beating people up yeah it's intelligent and it's quiet and that feels nerdier to me so it's so much more accessible somehow yeah awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway so we have the timinator we have the yes. timinator <laughs> we have linda hamilton as sarah connor um, who is in all the Terminator movies, uh, Dante's Peak, Children of the Corn, um, and the I've TV never seen series. these. Yeah, 
It seems and like mostly Terminator is sort of like the main thing. She was career. also in uh, the TV series of Beauty and the Beast, which was a total send up of what we traditionally know as Beauty and the Beast. Interesting. Uh, fun stuff in the 80s. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard of that before. That's fascinating. A I didn't know about series it. of that. I didn't know about it until today when I looked on uh, on our IMDb <laughs> and I was like, Beauty and the Beast, huh? Yeah, with Ron Perlman as the Beast. Wow, oh. that's a good choice. <laughs> that is I like to choice. hear it. <laughs> uh, then we have Edward Furlong as John Connor. Oh, uh, wow. That's cool. I forgot about that. I in think his I first knew performance. It. That's yeah. cool. I always yeah. like him. He's very much the he's like the the dream scenario of any actor who's like, you know, like literally got discovered, like I think was approached by a casting agent and was like, hey, we're casting for this film. And he had At a Pasadena Boys and Girls Club. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And had like no interest in like or not a thought of acting before this movie. So that's crazy. Yeah, I always like him. I don't I don't know why. I'm not sure what I saw him in that made me immediately like him and just like like him forever. Mm hmm. But um, I know it's there. Was he in? He's unconventional. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. He's in American um, History X, Detroit Rock City. Didn't um, see those. Long break. <laughs> yeah. I think that's about it. He was mostly a 90s guy. Was yeah. he um was he in a um what's it called? In a John Waters movie? Am I thinking of the right person for that? Mm. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different one uh or like a specific woody allen movie before i learned that woody allen was a monster <laughs> who sure. knows yeah. um the internet will tell me that's okay no <laughs> well, problem in the meantime our next big player is robert patrick who plays the uh more advanced terminator uh mm -hmm. and uh he was in uh the faculty which cozy hell yes did. Um, <laughs> that's uh, what i'm talking about uh, and in a, just uh, a bunch of TV in sort of like various roles, uh, was in like the X-Files, um, was in Spy Kids. I never saw it, but I've heard good things. Definitely a character actor for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And a good villain. Such a good villain. Oh He's my great. gosh. She's got a villain face. <laughs> and that's horrible. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I never I kind of love that. <laughs> Wait, but I mean, it's just like in the movie and it's because the Terminators play so they have like such a serious demeanor like but it's for some reason his face is it's so much scarier to me I, I watched this movie as a kid and i remember i used to like be so afraid when he was on screen um <laughs> i love that though that's Thames. how you know someone's good at what they do yeah um oh i got it okay he was in okay so uh, edward furlong uh was in pecker which was a not often talked about john waters movie that <laughs> i think was the first john waters movie i ever saw and I remember like loving Pecker, which Christina Ricci, I mean, come on. Of course, I was going to love that fucking movie. <laughs> I've got John Waters and Christina Ricci. And I'm like, anyone associated with this is now someone I also have to love forever. Apparently. Right. <laughs> um, did either of you see Pecker? No. I have not, but I, I'm i a big John Waters fan. I, Hell yeah. I, I saw Pink Flamingos at a very young age when I shouldn't have probably have seen it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> See, I love to hear but that. But I love because... it now and I appreciate it now. But like at the time, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. I love that because I, I finally saw Female Trouble for the first time. And the, ah! first, and the first thing I said was, I wish I'd seen this as a kid because it would have helped me understand things much faster. You and me both, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, John uh, John Waters, so subversive. That's oh, great. Yes. The, the fucking best. 
such a like just like the perfect example of someone who just literally is themselves a hundred percent yeah it's that word afraid. transgressive yeah just against yes. the grain incredibly authentic yeah, yeah. A whole, and a weirdo, 100% authentic, and, and a weirdo, I fucking, yeah. And I love but that's weirdos. what's what that's what makes it so authentic is it's like this person's weird and would not like you know notes about being weird were not addressed. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like no one would like if somebody was like, "Hey, I don't think this is gonna be a, a fit for our audience." Doesn't matter. Not to John Waters. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's the good stuff right there. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, now to get. Well, I guess, Cozy, what do you think so far? This is where we're at. Good question. You know, Good you question. Know, you heard the synopsis. You know who's in it. Um, I think that um, now that I have like a little bit of a better concept of Robert Patrick, I think that's helpful to some extent. Um, and I, I don't think that knowing who's in it has helped me too much, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think I already kind of had a, a mostly good concept of that yeah um i think that the plot hasn't helped me too much because i had a a loose kind of understanding of that so Mm -hmm. far it's it's nice to hear it but it is pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward so there's not like a lot of touches in it that are like really surprising or convincing either way so i think you still have some work ahead of you but the fact that it is sci-fi which again Mm -hmm. i already knew but it's a good thing to remind me of Mm -hmm. um but I would all I would also say, weirdly enough, that some work has been done before, like before this episode, um, because I have seen Robocop now. And to me, they're the same movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. I always okay. assumed I was like Terminator, Robot Man. No, Robocop, Robot. No, Man, no, 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 no. Both action yeah, movies different. that I avoided as a kid. So I'm weirdly more receptive, even though they are different movies that helped me something mm. like very pretty recent yeah. um but anyway i'm excited to hear the reasons because i feel like those will those will push me a little more in in these directions that i would like to hear about right yeah uh, uh do you want to take it away go first Josh? no I, I i okay sure <laughs> <laughs> you're like no I, I, definitely not <laughs> i think i think it's funny that the the way you just set that up because I think a lot of those films have that like secret message meaning underneath. Cause when you watch RoboCop uh, on the, on the surface, again, it's very dude bro-y where, you know, cop then becomes robot man, then shoots everything. But <laughs> it's, it's very much a commentary on like the police state at that time. Yeah. It was a satire uh, in that way too. Right. And, and yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's very much the same way with, with this film. I think I, I, you mentioned it in, in, part but we try to curtail it but i just i can't stress enough how wonderful like james cameron is in this film especially with the writing like linda linda hamilton and sarah connor like she is not only like the female action hero but like the philosophy behind it like her whole thing is about like fuck the patriarchy like she's a woman of her own like volition of her own vibe she has her beliefs she will go to the extent you know uh she is she has you know paid the price to be the person that she was is and will become and like that's the great thing um in this whole film is every one of those characters has a redemptive arc Mm -hmm. through it so not even telling you what Mm. happens Every it's a complete story for each one of those guys, mm. um, and it, it's there's just so much iconography, but it's not 
I it's not iconographic in the way Avatar is where Cameron uses these icons for lazy storytelling. Mm. It's very much these great posts and markers for like the hero's journey on which you'll travel in this film. And it's not only just Linda Hamilton, but like Robert Patrick. He's like, I mean, he's literally like a gender fluid monster who like is the exact opposite of like those big beef monsters that you were just talking about. Mm. The fact that he's not big and muscly and <laughs> you know with the, with an accent and shoot like he he's so he's such a villain on a different level it, it it they're almost both of those people are playing against type of what you would expect in the sci-fi genre i yeah. think like those two pillars alone worth watching reason one yeah that's great that sort of goes into my first reason which is uh just generally engaging storyline um because <laughs> of the way it was written like it's so uh, all the characters yeah have their own uh redemption arc um and they're more complex than meets the eye uh yes you have the macho arnold schwarzenegger as the terminator but to your point which i didn't even think about really but like uh the other t1000 is is like uh, not the typical macho villain and he's the he's set up to be the most advanced terminator so right off the bat you know that that uh arnold schwarzenegger has a has a, has somebody who's he's who's more powerful than him he's already he's obsolete like he's that's obsolete. such a that's yeah. a great commentary on on that you know exactly yeah he's already obsolete like it's he's already showing that like the macho badass guy is obsolete in this movie 100 <laughs> um, okay so you're saying i should root for for the villain okay i'm in, I'm in. <laughs> definitely not um <laughs> But, I don't know if he's making muscle man obsolete. I'm in. <laughs> uh, I love how you're just the the words you're saying are just setting up my next point so beautifully. I just keep going. Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think that there's just a lot of like emotion and heart to the storyline too. Like there's really what it's all about. Like it's sort of like a weird family portrayal. Mm -hmm. Like there's like a sort of oh, fun fun fam uh, a family dynamic that forms between Sarah Connor who has you know is basically hasn't been around john in a long time and they reunite and then uh terminator takes on this sort of like role in this weird family dynamic that is just trying to protect john and that's sort of like this main mission and there's some sort of something sort of like really um i don't know it, it puts a lot of like heart into into this big action movie there's so much about parental mm. figures and the parental dynamic in a couple of different ways when you watch it you'll yeah it's it's very it's stunning it very very much so oh cool mm -hmm. i like that i hadn't thought about that uh and i like that concept mm. yeah and just like the, also the complex like dynamics of just like uh being someone who is in a comp like john starts off like in a in a uh with foster parents so mm. there's like complex feelings about family too so mm -hmm. it's not just a perfect like nuclear family image that is trying to like be portrayed but it's a lot of the sort of complexities right. of a family and um yeah if i don't know mm, yeah if there's one thing i know about james cameron because of avatar too it's family <laughs> <laughs> it's all about family yeah i, I remember mean, them saying family so much that i was like this is fast and the furious yeah perfect um <laughs> but yeah interesting okay yeah um 
but all the characters like have their own uh yeah emotional core that like makes you want to root for them um except for <laughs> the bad guy like you wrote you want to root for him only because he's not the macho guy but he's the only one that you don't really get like that sort of uh backstory or like heart behind <laughs> oh, <laughs> but for a good reason because he's a villain <laughs> yeah but not only because he's a villain but because he's like a robot that seems that i assume works without thoughts and emotions he's just like i'm here to kill because i'm like really I have good a at mission it. yeah right yeah he exactly. has a mission to terminate okay uh so josh what's your what's your next reason uh number two uh say what you want about the timinator as far as <laughs> acting Honestly, everything has been pretty suspect. I'll give you that. This film, Arnold's best acting. Legitimately his best acting. And I I think it's also ironic that he plays a robot, which you can say as funny as you want about him playing a robot and that being his best performance. But I think in this film, it's so so action-packed and sci-fi heavy and just intense the whole time through that his performance in it plays such a good counter note to everything that you see. It's, it's, it's just a fantastic, like, again, it's so crazy. It's so nuts. Sarah Hamilton is, or, you know, Sarah, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. I confuse the two. I put them together. Um, <laughs> she's so like intense that the fact that he's speaking so calmly and subtly and matter of fact about how society is how the future is um what's wrong what's going to happen it's such a great acting dynamic between the two and if you watch the film i hope you watch the film even if you don't like 95 percent of it the ending will get you the end like yeah his his ending is his best work Mm. by far it uh i saw this like a month ago before we even had the conversation of doing this and then i I saw it again last night (laughs) i I still cry at the ending the ending is note perfect nice lover of sci-fi lover of action not a lover of either one of those someone who just appreciates good writing that ending perfect uh best acting like Obviously, he's not going to get an Oscar because of who he is and the films he does and like the 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 shine that, you know, hard sci-fi and action doesn't get for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But if you had to submit one scene and it was that. I think it would have had a good run because it's there's there's some good acting bits in there. It's it's better than you think it is for sure. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, it's hard for me not to see uh, Arnold as the Terminator because of this movie, <laughs> because it's like it felt so. It's so still him. Like perfect yes. role. Yeah. <laughs> like it's still him and it's the best. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I saw I saw a bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger growing up like uh, Last Action Hero, <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. Like I was there opening weekend with you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this one was for sure the one that like it's yeah, you can't not. uh it's just yeah, I feel like this was this was his best work. Nice. Absolutely. I've I've only seen out of, out of that like era or the era after that. The only thing I've ever seen is him do Mister Freeze. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's not <laughs> not ideal. I'm sure. But I guess really, it, bad but good. Only, yeah, yeah. That, that maybe is the only time it's I've campy. ever seen him in a movie. <laughs> it's campy. Yeah. Uh, oh, but very. this but this is like 
him actually trying mm. <laughs> you know like there was a <laughs> very brief window that he had you know and like this i think like this was the best sell by date on his acting like Cam- <laughs> again just credit to cameron like he 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 got blood from a stone on that like there was uh i there's a couple of interesting articles about the making of and there's a couple of like documentaries mm. and there's so much uh, again, going to, you know, dude bro thing where Arnold would be like, it should say this. I should do this. And Cameron was like, no, 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 no. You don't. You, you're you trying to be a human. And the fact that, he, you know, Cameron had final cut and final say, he got to keep those lines and those lines. And you'll know the lines when you hear them, when you watch it, that just <laughs> mm, so eh. good. So Aww. good. Yeah, that's great. Um my my third reason is uh Arnold related, but it's basically just his character of being like a lot of like fish out of water moments that are really oh, like heartfelt. Right, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun, like just like I, I mean, a lot of it has to do with sort of the growing like bond between John mm-hmm. and the Terminator. Um mm-hmm. and just like really like kind of there's like some sweet, like funny moments of, you know, just the Terminator trying to like under trying to be less like a robot and more like a human pretty Mm -hmm. much um and how you get those like really iconic like one-liners from this movie is by john just trying to like teach him how to be more cool and less like a a robot nerd (laughs) they're iconic they're they're still evergreen yeah they're they're i mean they're kind of cornball now but they're still used and this is what 32 years after the fact like that's not bad. I wish I had that staying power, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just cool to see like somebody who looks like they, you know, you see an Arnold in a leather jacket on a motorcycle and sunglasses and you're like, damn, this guy's got it all together. And then, (laughs) and then, and then John's like, no, you're like saying affirmative. Like, that's not cool. Like, let me teach you what, how to how to live let me in teach this you world. what cool is yeah <laughs> yeah which oh, by the way fun. john connor was the epitome of cool oh yeah total heartthrob i'm sure at the time wore a public enemy t-shirt listened to guns and roses <laughs> had, a, had a 20 cc dirt bike oh my god oh also uh yeah like knew how to like get money out of an atm oh yeah he ripped off the atm like i mean come on <laughs> he was he was a bad boy yeah awesome um okay so this is my number three (laughs) Mm. this will tie in to brianna's point about fish out of water we're using those terms there's a great bit which i just i appreciate in the thing of the film and you'll talk about we've talked about violence and the meaning of it and the point of it and uh, plus or minus reactions to that it's it's not a plot point, and it it actually has no bearing in the film. But if you notice, at one point there was a conversation where John Connor tells the Terminator, "You can't kill anybody because that's not a human thing to do." And the fact that throughout mm-hmm. the whole film, throughout all the madcap and all the violence and all the intensity, the T eight hundred did not kill a single person throughout huh. the whole film. Interesting. Yeah. I'm very surprised. That is, that is such a commitment to the bit. And that is such <laughs> a commitment as a writer to maintain that. Mm, because yeah. there's obviously there's great moments where you can snap a neck or throw a guy off a thing or, <laughs> you know, 
it's an action film. You can do whatever you want. And the fact that to make that commitment to that character, to make him efficient, but not too efficient <laughs> as far as killing someone mm-hmm. and maintains that, I think that's a wonderful like writer writerly bit to commit to the film. I think that's mm. fantastic. Yeah, that's so funny. I feel like, uh, yeah, there was also like, I think in that conversation, uh, it it just goes to show how much like Arnold is sort of like a little like a kind of a a kid too. Like he's he's being taught. He does the little kid thing where you say right. why he asks why a billion times because John's yes. like you can't just kill people and he's like but why and then he's like because <laughs> you just can't and he's like but, but why, why? <laughs> but why yeah yeah um, there's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of good like deadpan comedy and it's not interesting it's not, and it's not in the Arnold way where like. Uh, you know, he he snaps someone's neck and then tells them take a nap or something. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not like a quip or whatever. Yeah, it's it related. You know, or the Mister Freeze chill. It's none <laughs> of that. Like it's 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 written very well. That's a gr- that's a great point, Brianna. I agree with that. Yeah, or even there's I don't know. Yeah, and and even just the moments where you don't he doesn't say anything like. Uh, there was the part where they go and meet up with like Sarah's old friends at the like that little apocalyptic like desert hangout um and there's a little yeah yeah the little bunker yeah there you go um and there was like little kid there running around and like they never really like made a point of it and i like i paused the movie i was like what i didn't remember that but he picks up the little kid and just kind of like inspects him (laughs) yeah and does his little (laughs) scan and then like sets him back down so uh, are apocalyptic things happening during this movie is that like uh, a setting thing a setting situation or is it like pre-apocalyptic or it's... If we if we tell you, is that a spoiler? Uh, I mean, it depends on what the setting is. Like at the beginning of the movie, when they're giving you the setting, are they like, this is a normal situation? Or are they like, hey, uh, the news today said that something bad is happening. We got to watch out. Um, I would say at the beginning, and I don't think it's a spoiler because it's the first thing that happens, but mm. you, you sort of get the, it has to do more with the, recap of the first one i guess but it's it's basically this you get the understanding of why uh you get like sarah connor's narration yeah yeah sarah connor's narration basically like shows this imagery of a bad apocalyptic thing happening and she kind of sets up the whole this war that the terminators are coming back to try and prevent or cause or like continue right so 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 the war is Okay, so the war hasn't happened yet, or I guess yes. what I'm asking is, is is that is that bunker something that is? Well, okay, so the war hasn't happened. Yet. I think right, the, I that, think that the bunker is something that a lot of people do who like to have bunkers. You know, okay, what I mean? so it's yeah. not like the bunker is being actively used, or like the desert is like a post-apocalyptic Mag- Mad Max desert or whatever, or anything like that. No, no they're was... like doomsday prepper almost. More okay, so. yeah. that's perfect. That's so that's I the think... right word. Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's probably a question I should have asked sooner is like what stage of apocalypse we're dealing with. Okay, so that's good to hear then. All right, cool. Yeah. So we're in the past and basically um <laughs> Sa- yeah, so Sarah, well we're not we're in the present, but Yeah, I was it's like Guns N' Roses. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's the past of the Terminators and uh Sarah is the one who looks like she's crazy to everyone else because of what she's seen or knows. That makes sense to me. Okay, cool. That's good to know then. Um yeah. Uh, oh, and I, that's funny because your last reason actually was going to lead into my reason, which sort of contradicts yes. what your last one was, which is okay. fun. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, 
your last reason was about the whole conversation about how he can't kill people. Um, and mm. my next reason is questionably non-lethal violence. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there are a lot of moves where you're like, that probably would have killed him in real life. <laughs> but you know, but you kind of didn't. But it didn't. You just you kind of go into the belief of being like, well, they set up that he can't like basically Terminator literally can't not kill them. Wait, did I say that right? He he can't he can't kill them because <laughs> yeah no he can't kill them because uh John it's his mission to to listen to John and to protect him and so you just have to you know buy that every single uh violent thing that's happening is is not killing anyone but I I just laugh because there are several things and that's just an action movie thing like Die mm -hmm. Hard where you're like this guy would have de definitely died like two For jumps sure. ago. Um, but I also think the fun thing about that is while, while everything that was said is 100% true, it does show a commitment to not having plot holes or uh, mm. uh, uh, things that completely jump the shark. Like, yeah. these, I, like the, the, these ideas of like paradoxes and time travel, like we could we could have a whole mm. separate discussion on that, but we're, we're, we're yeah. trying to avoid that. <laughs> but the fact that Cameron and the film does take into heavy consideration the stakes of what that means and what those actions would incur and the philosophy behind that it pays so much attention to that versus so many other films where oh we're this and then avoids it it, it, it automatically sells it sells out right away like it commits oh it commits to its premise so hard and again as a writer i just have a lot of appreciation for that yeah no i agree and i uh I, yeah, I think like committing to that specific thing too. I don't know. It shows a real like separation of like the humans versus the machines too, because it's like John is totally. instantly like, yeah, that's not something we do. Um, and and he listened, and that's how you. It know. makes it believable that this little kid who's in this film could be whatever the stakes have been proposed. You know, it's not like oh, this is just a little a little kid. This is this is. Jonathan Lipnicki and uh, Jerry Maguire, and he's just cuteness. Like, no, it's mm. like he's there, and it makes you believe what he could possibly be. You know what I mean? Like, he's not yeah. just candy. He's a he's a, a cool he's a cool Guns and Roses kid. Um, how old is he supposed to be in this? <laughs> I think like, he's what 12, 14? In that I would say like twelve to fourteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that helps. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah um but, middle school but, yeah <laughs> hard middle school yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh let's see four is it me okay great um mm -hmm. i'm having so much fun with this you guys <laughs> um, absolutely this is this is a this is a great la film i mm. there's so much stuff when you watch this that you're like oh i've been to this place i've been to that place i know where this was filmed i know where that was like it, it's just gonna hit those sign uh, those synapses in your head that you know where these like it's there's the galleria the northridge fashion center the the viaducts throughout all of los angeles the arboretum uh you know obviously the freeways you know there's just there's so many landmarks in LA and I think having those are so important because it adds, it's not like Toronto where you think it could be New York. It could be Detroit. It could be right. wherever like you're watching, like, you know, this film 
like whatever this stuff is happening, it's happening in LA. And the fact that you're rooting mm-hmm. it in those surroundings, again, adds to that believability, you know, mm-hmm. we're saying that this guy's a robot and now he has to follow these specific orders, no matter what they are. Oh, well, he must be a robot because he's following these orders. He didn't, <laughs> they didn't break, they didn't break their premise that way. Same thing mm-hmm. with, again, adding to the location, the fact that you know, like, oh my gosh, I know this is like, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a Valley kid. So the fact that you're like, oh, that's Reseda Boulevard in Corbin. I know where this is at. Mm-hmm. Wow. John Connor like lives like six blocks away from me. I believe <laughs> yeah. this. Like it, 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 I it, love it, that. It helps get the whole thing over in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. There's a connection to it instantly just based off of location. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Um, I guess we're on five, right? Yes. Uh, so my, my last reason, uh, is honestly, it's just very like relevant to like sort of issues we're dealing with now, just like the technology, just it being a sci-fi. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like unchecked, uh, technological advancement really. Um, and like the dangers of that. And with this recent, you know, SAG strike and oh uh, god, yeah. Like there's certain words in this movie, my guy, that are just like <laughs> wholesale words that just encapsulate. <laughs> Brianna, keep going. You're 100% right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just. I mean, it's a lot of like. um there's there's a lot of like things that like it's 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 stuff we hear now where it's like oh well you know it's a lot of justification for why we're pursuing these technologies that seem like they're going to be good and then not um and without spoiling anything like there's a lot of talk of you know like well how was i supposed to know that this thing would eventually like cause the demise of humankind <laughs> and it's like <laughs> well um we're here to tell you and warn you now and it feels very relevant to what we're going through because there's been so many writers and actors who are like this is a threat to our future and our and and not just our in our industry, but like as a whole and as humanity. And it just feels so weird to watch, like I think especially older sci-fis because so much of it is like sort of happening. And it 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 feels so strange that like how how on point sci-fis can be sometimes. And this mm. is of course like exaggerated and it's like worst case scenario a lot of the times. But there's so many like seeds of like what we see right now that it's it almost makes it uh scarier like it's it's less it's so much more like believable now to watch I agree with this it's I think that's the evergreen aspect I I think Mm -hmm. we've made a couple jokes about it being 1991 because it has public enemy and guns and roses as it's like landmarks Mm -hmm. but like if you put a different band and he it was a different artist that was playing if it was updated like pop culturally you know yeah it would it would feel very much of this time like this came out now with the issues that they're addressing they're like oh they're commenting on the current stuff that we're commenting on it's very it's i think it's amazing that it's that fresh 30 years still after the fact that if you just update a few things you give some people some cell phones yeah it's it's, it it could be made now Mm. and this is getting more analytical but sarah connor is uh is the writer who's is the one everyone thinks is crazy for saying this is bad and listen to me and no one's listening to her and they just locked her away so Mm -hmm. What does yeah. that tell you? Jesus. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've written an essay on this. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, you're preaching to the the choir here. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, um, yeah. Let's see my number five. 
I know the whole premise of the show was to convince you to see a movie you haven't seen. But I would wager, sir, uh, you have seen this film. And the reason you (laughs) have seen this film is, I would say this and Point Break, which we have already, in a previous episode, I've talked about Point Break, but this episode, uh, this film has been such the definitive action film, the definitive sci-fi film, that this film has had the tropes picked apart, has had the setups picked to the bone, has had the characters ripped away, and has been repurposed in millions of other films. Oh, yeah, there, of course. There's been set pieces <laughs> that you have seen that you go, oh, this is rad. It's probably <laughs> has roots in this film. There's the, you know, stunt fight coordination, uh, vehicle filming and coordination, explosives coordination, the uh, uh, the amalgamation and the coordination of practical effects combined with visual effects, let alone, you know, sound effects, all that, that perfect speedball of those three is what makes it believable. It's not all green screen and designed on a computer. And like the, the using all of this stuff has been employed in countless, countless films where I think, I hope you watch this film, that if you do watch it, <laughs> you're going to see parts that are going to translate to other films. And it, it's it's almost, I think you've already seen this film by osmosis. <laughs> it, it's part, it's part of the canon. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just part of the canon. Oh yeah. Um, and I've also seen so many parodies of it in pop culture. So at right. this point, there's so much I know about it. It's so funny. That is I mean, that is true. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that like is it's a classic to a point where like even if you never wanted to have anything to do with Terminator this movie, like you can't help but at least have some sort of idea of what it is and what it's about and and yeah. know that it's it's seeped so much into our culture that there's no escaping it. <laughs> right. And it's a classic in the way that is still relevant. Like if we look at like uh, older films, definitely like pre Hayes Code films, were like they just don't make films like that anymore. Like we t- we talk about like uh, I don't know um, Citizen Kane is something like obviously it's on the short list of best films of all time, but the way it's shot, the way it's written, the way it's edited, none of those techniques are used today. So yeah. it it, it mm. feels out of time. But almost everything in Terminator. Timinator, thank you. <laughs> is still used today. Yeah, I mean the fact that James Cameron invented—he was so much of, of an inventor, as much as he was an artist—that he set up these things that are countless of other people have used. It's, it you know, I'm so glad that my job is just to sell you on this film because it's been so easy. It's such a landmark film. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's, and even yeah. even the effects, yeah, like the visual effects and stuff, like a lot of groundbreaking stuff at the time that still holds up pretty well. Like, and it looks what good. We, it, yeah. <laughs> it does. Great. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that's good. I feel like um, 
I, and even just like the act, and I know that this is sort of like my bonus reason, I guess, but the, yes. even the action <laughs> sequence sequences, like, and I know it's not going to convince Cozy because you don't really care about action, but I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the the specifically the scene in the uh, um, the motorcycle scene where John first meets the Terminator, mm-hmm. and the uh, it's the two Terminators coming after John for the first time, and they're like basically driving through this like arroyo. Um, in LA and it's just so edgier see action and so well court like sh- so well shot and so cut like cut well like the angle switch perfectly mm-hmm. and it's just really like um yeah it's like it's a really good action sequence to kind of like pull you in I'll I'll one up that and I I know Cozy said she doesn't care about action and that's fine bless his heart but I will say <laughs> No, that's fine. If you watch this film, and Brianna, I hope you agree with me on this, that during the action, there is still driving motivators and philosophies within the actors. Like there's, it's not a spoiler, it's an action scene, right? Where there's there's guns firing and you would think that, you know, Sarah Connor is going to hug her son because that's her son. She's not hugging him out of that. She's just checking to see if he's mortally wounded. Yeah. And it that like shows the dynamic that she is in the future while this Terminator is in the present, who is a robot or a cyborg, but somehow seems to care more about John than his own mother. And the actions that you see within these action sequences highlight that. So if like, you know, we going back to improv, if we're using that term, like it's playing the game perfectly the whole time. Like there's, it's not Mm. just... It, it's very not fast and furious where it's bang 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 yeah. flying cars outer space ludicrous oh no man like there's just like <laughs> like everything it's really motivated. does serve it yeah there's a driving motivation for those guys so if you don't like the action i i respect that you can actually watch the acting within the action and you'll still get something out of it hmm. yeah that's a good point and that's a good way to yeah to 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 be on board during those things and i feel like it's yeah there's never uh i don't know i mean there's a lot of of course i feel like all action movies have like unnecessary uh there's like excess action but i feel like this one like for the most part everything uh like there's nothing that ever really seems unbelievable you know like everything really is driving for this ultimate mission um I don't know. There's nothing that I felt like was totally see if over you the top. Agree with, see if you agree with me, with me on this, Brianna. It's not like like the action when it happens, it's very intense. But there's there's mm-hmm. breaks in the action, so you don't get dulled by it. Would you agree with that? There's yeah. a big set piece, and then there's a break, and then there's a big set piece, and then there's a break. Right? Like it yeah. it breathes. It definitely breathes. It does breathe. Yeah. There's no. There's you're never like in in an action sequence for too long um to where that's just that just becomes the thing you're paying attention to there's always something else you're you're trying to get to uh to get that rest in the action um, oh i like that yeah uh yeah, and there's it, very I, much it, a story to this yeah and all all of these act- big action sequences it's you know it, it is what drives the characters to bond more and get closer for sure. so good point uh, yeah yeah I guess that's it for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you got five for me too. And I think those were an amazing, amazing five reasons. Yeah, mm. I agree. 
Can I throw in a bonus reason for both of you that I don't think we've talked about yet? Sure. Uh, Danny Cooksey is in this movie. And well, that was my lead off one. I mean, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> oh, was I not listening? Darn it. <laughs> Who's Danny Cooksey? Danny Cooksey is Bobby Budnick from Salute Your Shorts from oh, Nickelodeon. Right. He's Stoop oh. Kid from Hey Arnold. Fucking legend, Danny Cooksey. I'll tell you what, you watch this <laughs> film, he is a legend. And that you, he. Yeah. Very short screen time, but he is fucking rad in this. Oh, movie. that makes me so happy to hear. He is a he makes he is a good guy. Oh, that's cool to see him play against type off of being Budnick. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brianna, you would agree with that, right? What uh, he does in a short time is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, he's definitely like still a little bad. He's like the little punk kid, right? That's who he is. Is that yeah? Who he is? Oh, but, awesome! Like, I love that. He's like his friend, right, Don? He's he's a friend I would want to have if yeah. a Timeinator was looking for me. Oh, that's yeah. fucking awesome! You know, I actually can't remember, and this was in the beginning, but I like I when I was rewatching it today, I was like, he did sort of like that was a character that I was sad. Like he kind of like he was only in the beginning, and then yeah, he was short screen time, and then obviously wasn't a part of the rest of the movie. Yeah, he has like two <laughs> scenes, but he is great in those two scenes. Yeah. Oh, see, I love to hear that as like a diehard Nickelodeon kid. Oh my god, yeah, that's a gap. That's a gap for me. What but, he uh, does in this fail. film <laughs> will speak to your inner scene kid. Oh, yeah. really? That yeah, makes me very I agree. happy. He does a very scene kid thing in this film that oh, that's will cool. speak to you for sure. Nice. <laughs> also, I have one clarifying question. Mm. So is Eddie Furlong playing a 12 to 14 year old who rides a motorcycle? Is that a thing? That dirt I bike, like? my man. Dirt, dirt bike. bike. Okay. Dirt bike. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. That's a big thing to. It's one of those. With. It's one of those twenty <laughs> CCs that'll get you like thirty to forty miles, uh -huh. which is still too fast for a twelve to fourteen year old. But <laughs> yeah. it's not like. It's but that's not still pro cool, level. Though. That's still but cool it, as hell. It's and enough he's... to be loud and annoying if you have that person as a neighbor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. He rides a dirt bike, and then he technically he rides passenger on the terminator's motorcycle <laughs> uh okay that yeah, makes he's, sense for he's me. Our, he's i can't remember actually because i think he might have been in front of the terminator on that first scene or maybe oh, who right. was, yeah. i think he which is unusual because usually you're behind i think yeah, I don't no no he is because there's that motivation where he schwarzenegger or the terminator oh, right. is he's he's his back Protecting. protection so yeah. he's guarding him the whole time like, <laughs> like shit like that so, so he is kind of riding a motorcycle in that moment because he's but but okay, Terminator's cool. lead, leading the way. Also, it wasn't my vibe, but I totally, I totally wish for just once I got to go down the Valley Viaducts in a twenty cc dirt bike, just blaring Guns and Roses at full blast, just <laughs> just like uh, I, I was like, that's freedom. I'm like, what did I know? I was like, <laughs> I thought that was the coolest shit. I still kind of do. <laughs> yeah, that's like modeled as early 90s cool in such a specific way. It's so fun. Yes, 100%. You have like the, the you know, like the grunge jeans that were like right. kind of had like the, the the hole in the knee and the public enemy t-shirt with like the flannel. <laughs> yes. And there was something like just so like, you're like, yeah, freaking John Connor. Like 
when he's like leaving the house and his foster parents are like, you got to like get your ass inside. And then he's like, uh, or your mom wants your ass inside for dinner. And he was, he turns back on his dirt bike and he's like, she's not my real mom. And then just drives <laughs> off. It's so good. Oh, I, I told so my funny. mom, I was like, we have to buy a public enemy t-shirt. She's like, we're shopping at Mervyn's. No, <laughs> <laughs> not going to have it. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Um, Let's see. And the only other the only other thing I have to throw in because it's been on my mind as like a weird thing that I think of kind of often um, as a reference. Uh, you guys mentioned that he is a cybernetic organism. Is that what he said? What he's called? That is his official title. Yeah, that's, that's what he explains himself to John as what he is. Yes. For some reason, that reminds me of um, the description of the film Upstream Color, which I don't know if either huh. of you saw. Oh. So no. before I watched the movie, I looked at the description because and I saw and I was like, that's the weirdest fucking description I've ever heard of a movie. And it didn't feel like that when I was watching it. Mm -hmm. It felt like a totally different thing. But I'm going to read it. Uh, the description is a man and woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Hmm. Uh, identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives. But the idea of two people getting caught up in the life cycle of an ageless organism is so funny to me as a weird thing. And when you watch the movie, you're like, what the fuck were they talking about? But yeah, like it has nothing to do with what's actually in the movie. Not, not even a little like in the subtlest, weirdest way. Yes. But overall, like, like that's the it's under a lot it. of stuff. It, yeah, it's not a movie I recommend. It's it's like a little dull, a little boring, a little slow. But um it's weird enough that there's some interestingness to its weirdness hmm. but anyway it just reminded me of that and i had to interject that for no reason <laughs> terminator 2 judgment day yeah highly recommend it there yes. we go thank you for bringing us back on track um okay so those are all the reasons and um yeah I can... how do you feel are you thank convinced you. uh let's see so my so here are the things that i liked about what you all said Mm. Here are the things that hit me in a specific way. Mm. Um, uh, cool 12 to 14 year old kid. That's always super fun. <laughs> right. And plus Danny Cooksey in there as another cool kid. Um, uh, fuck the patriarchy. Gotta love that. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea that there's like an interesting um, sort of exploration of family dynamics in this. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that at all from an action movie. I never do. Aside from the family dynamic of one person has been stolen and you have to get them. <laughs> right. Um, Which is right. a little bit. <laughs> kind of hack at this point. But um, but yeah, uh, I like that there are emotional things in it. That was mm -hmm. good to hear. Especially like the ending. That's cool. Um, good emotionality is really all I want from an action movie because otherwise mm -hmm. it's just a macho movie and that's nothing for me. Right. Um, deadpan comedy also super great. That helps me for action movies. That is the peanut butter that makes the pill go down. Um, <laughs> that's the piece of ham that hides the, uh, the, yes, macho, sir. the macho shit. Um, okay, yeah. I think, I, I think I'm down to give this movie a try. We did I, it! I, I, still have, I still have some reservations, but um, they are old and long, long held, and they are in my bones. But mm -hmm. I am down to try it out and see and see how it feels as a movie. Good. Yeah, I, I think honestly, it obviously you're speaking to two zealots on, on the matter. So obviously we're <laughs> gonna have a higher rate. I think you're honestly gonna watch it. 
and you're gonna go oh better than i thought yeah and i mean i feel like right now i'm speaking to two intelligent zealots who aren't just like yeah or there's a blow-up part where explosions and attack and on it like (laughs) there's also something in me that is very interested in seeing what the weird liquid metal man will turn into with his weird liquid metal because that's the thing i've heard about for a long time they did great work on him it's yeah. Yeah. it won an, won an cool. academy award for that actually for the I visual so. effects. yeah that's yeah. cool as hell because like i've always seen parodies where liquid metal man is around and i'm like i wonder what he turns into in the movie because i fucking love transformers and there's some metal transformations in that and i guess that's close enough for me to think of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh um, yeah there's even some co- there was I remember I can't remember all of them but there is some specific comedy moments even with that like in break, in break of the action where he's transforming it's specifically like when he's uh he's in the asylum and and he's getting through, he's trying to cross through these metal bars um and mm-hmm. there's like a funny break oh, in the moment right. yeah uh, I just looked it up real quick because I, I knew it was there uh these are all Academy Awards best sound mixing best makeup best hairstyle best film editing uh best sound editing dramatic presentation which i didn't even know was a thing Same. Um, and, <laughs> like and visual effects so i mean it's a again uh to keep touting that thing from james cameron and those different departments it's a very technically marvelous film ahead of its time yeah, yeah. i'm sold on best hairstyle <laughs> yeah yeah i was like wondering, i'm like who is it this on so ed furlong alone he has <laughs> the best haircut i mean really uh, okay that's cool that's cool and yeah it would it'd be cool to see true. him as a little kid because i never have seen that before and that sounds very appealing to me okay these are all cool things nice. cool man yay we did it we did it nice you did it well done Woohoo! well anyone listening if you've seen this movie let us know uh hit us up on social media and tell us what you think. Uh, follow us on there. Uh, tell us other movies you want us to talk about uh, at You Need to See This podcast. And yeah, let's let's talk movies uh, now for recommendations. Uh, well, I mean, there's yeah, a super legit podcast that you should definitely listen to that has already featured <laughs> Cozy or <Orla laughs> on it that will feature Brianna Jones in the new year. Yay. Um, it's 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 a good hang, man. Like you got put it on when you got shit to do. It'll help you pass the time. You'll laugh a little. You might even learn something. Trust me, I do learn a lot because all uh, I'm like the least funny guy on a 12 man super funny group like they they're all literally poets and geniuses i love them all uh while we talk about what's the best burrito in the valley (laughs) and it's how many people uh there can be anywhere from like six to 12 of us oh my gosh i love it that's impressive it's a big it's 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 literally just like a big group hang man and like we we did this at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, and we just we we need it now, so we just mm. do it to hang out with each Aww. other. I love that. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Thank you guys. What about absolutely. You, um, well, my recommendation is, um, uh, and this will connect a lot to what we talked about last episode. My recommendation is the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Ooh, good Ooh. one. Yeah, because I started watching that shit and like. We were talking a little bit about Uncanny Valleying and stuff, and it was kind of there at the top, but not quite as bad as the original, but it was yeah. still pretty close. I think that they did a good job by not showing like a puppet with his shirt off, so you see all the weird puppet lines on it. That mm-hmm. was a good start to not do that. Um, the faces are still pretty similar and not as articulate as I would like, mm-hmm. but um, it seems like they have enough 
versions of their of their facial structures or maybe they're more articulate but i think it's just different versions of the same puppet where i was like okay i can see some more out of it but really the voice acting is really good and like the characters have a lot more depth and perspective than the original character did it was just like blank slate dude and so i'm in like i'm sold like i really do care about them very quickly and there are all these really good like tense emotional moments in it and I'm on like episode six or something at this point. And I know that they only had one season. So I'm probably going to be really fucking disappointed when it's yeah. like, hey, here's a whole world we built. And here's like a whole thing. Right. And you don't get to have it. But you know what? <laughs> I don't care because I fucking love watching the entirety of a series and having it just be one season. That's easy as hell. Right. But it's good. I'm I'm really liking it so far. Um, Good. Good. It's It's also teaching me some stuff about a pilot that I've been writing. So Ooh. it's oh, really cool. helpful. I'm like, oh, this is how you write like a resistance pilot. You like really set up the bad guys as really fucking like bad guys. And you like put a bunch of people in different places and you see how they connect. Like there's all this really cool architecture shit that I was like, this is what I should scavenge. But yeah, mm. so Age of Resistance, it's a uh, Brie. I think you should check that out because it's good. Nice. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> uh, the first episode, but I, I just need to get back into it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's worth a watch just because it's quick even though it's long episodes, like an hour episodes, but like it gets you in a great emotional way. <laughs> right. Well, and I love the Dark Crystal. And like when I watched it, I remember being like impressed with how, you know, how they stuck to the great world building that they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely want to watch it. And I think I'm I'm sort of afraid of being disappointed at the end because right. oh, yeah, it does absolutely. suck to know that it'll get canceled. But yeah. I mean, I love the world. I love how, imbi- I mean, of course I wasn't surprised when it got canceled because even the movie, it's like such an ambitious, expensive undertaking. It's like, right. uh, it's a big risk. And it was so like, it's so well done. Even even the things that are like, like you said, the blank slate of, of Jen in the movie, it's like, you know, the, everything else that's amazing about that movie really like, doesn't it doesn't matter like anything that was a flaw it's like i i loved that movie yeah it's i think i think that'll carry you through with no problem for this one yeah no it's that's good to know about how how they build out the uh like you said the architecture of it and uh just the the emotional tense moments oh they're so effective (laughs) it's impressive how effective they are god bless you and um oh that did that light your entire room (laughs) <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> oh my god sorry we have our we have our and zoom cameras dark. on which we, I know. we don't usually have our zoom cameras on and that was incredible <laughs> the seas that lit a thousand rooms it was so and powerful it... that my face turned white ghost white that's so funny um anyway anyway brie what's your recommendation <laughs> uh my recommendation is the instant pot ah I uh, I've just been making I when it was raining it. the other day, mm-hmm. uh, I made a really delicious homemade chicken dumpling soup. Ooh, and it was so good. And the instant pot is just great because you can just uh, just set it in there, and it cooks so much faster because of the pressurized cooking. Uh, it saved me a lot with like making quick meals. Oh, that's, that's awesome. A, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and soup on a rainy day. Oh gosh. The best. That's my secondary yes. right secondary recommendation. <laughs> soup on a rainy day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now for plugs. Uh I'm gonna guess Josh, you're plugging the pod, right? Yeah, man. Do it. Do it. That it's I mean, 
what what else can I say? I've had two plugs. We're going for a third one. It's a super yeah, legit pod. Are. Um, it's it's truly a fun time. It's been my favorite thing the past couple of years. Uh, I think you guys will like it. Give it a listen. Is Yay. it like is it like one of those things where it's like find it everywhere? Fine podcasts exist. It's it's literally available everywhere. We even post it up on YouTube. So if nice. you just want to. We watch YouTube on your TV. You can just have us playing in the background, and you know we're friends talking on a pod. You be our friends as well. I Aww. love it. And does it have like socials and things like that? People can follow? super legit pod all across the boards. Jet Kaufman is super specific about all that, so he made it nice and easy for <laughs> the rest good. of us. Nice. And do you personally have specifics across the that you that you can? Yeah, plug? you can find me at JP Spence uh, on Instagram. I don't do X anymore because fuck Elon Musk. And, yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, Josh Spence on Facebook. If you care to find me, I'm pretty easy uh, to find. Pretty friendly. So, give it a go. See what happens. Woo. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um. I my plugs to see. I just have uh, my Dreamboat show on December third. Dreamboat. Dreamboat. <laughs> we are with Wiggle Room. Uh, some great sketch comedy from some great sketch comedians. 9 p.m. at the pack. Perfect. Love that, love that place. Yes. So awesome. It's so where I met Cozy. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Josh, yeah, come do some stuff at the pack. <laughs> I should, man. It's been a minute. Yeah. Or a live pod. Like you could probably book a one off and do like a live podcast recording. Ooh, that's oh, a good, speaking, speaking that's of good which, idea. yeah, do you guys have that? Do you guys have your monthly show? Uh, your your live fanatic salon thing is that a thing not anymore so oh no <laughs> oh, um we're just looking, finding we're, out yeah yeah well we're figuring out the next place to do it so that's a good move you'll probably hear something coming up in the future uh we're just trying to get all of our ducks in a row different places you know that's the bad. way it works that's a just bunch for, of people <laughs> yeah it's there's literally 10 of us so it's you gotta get the logistics figured out moving moving together as one is a democracy in action. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> well, Sean, Sean Michael Booster's on that team and he fucking teaches classes at the pack. I feel like that'd be a great spot. <laughs> right. You'd think so. Uh, yeah. Sean Michael <laughs> Boozer, one of the best humans I know. He's fantastic. Aww. Great dude. Absolutely. Um, um, what about you, Cozy? Uh, I got some plugs. We've got Crash This Party happening on December 4th. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, indeed. With Shelby, uh, Swiss Fish sweet dolly llama and a headliner that i'm still booking uh if they check their facebook um i also haven't <laughs> yeah. picked the theme for that one yet but i bet it'll be something that has nothing to do with the winter or holidays because i'm saving that shit for later in december um but for early december it can be whatever the hell it wants to be we'll find out that 7 p.m clubhouse main stage on december 4th uh there is no dub set show in december so don't come to the theater because it'll be dark the whole night. Um, but on December 16th, we've got Scene Kids Decemberism uh, with <laughs> Right. I feel good about that name. It's a beautiful thing. It's very funny. There's so many things it could have been. I was like, how have we not used Decemberism yet? God damn. <laughs> it was going to be that or Forget December, which also very good. Um, but you know, they're all possibilities. You can either go with something corporate or you can go with fucking man overboard. Um, <laughs> and for that show, we have Steamed Hams playing a set. They are a band that specifically plays <laughs> punk covers of songs from The Simpsons. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. Fucking amazing. I cannot wait to see them. 
So it's uh, not Aurora Borealis, but it's <laughs> bands, right? That would be that would be um the the improv group we're putting against that band. <laughs> <laughs> it's always away. Um and uh, I haven't booked any comedy people for that yet, but I'm going to start doing that like today. Uh that's December 16th, 11:59 p.m. Pack Theater Broadwater second stage. Also uh Bree did her her official debut as a new scene kid uh yesterday and Woo! you know and she did Woo! a fucking great job so thank oh, you it was yeah, so good it was such a fun show yeah oh my god that was so fun um but yeah that's all i got for plugs woohoo well we're all we got all the plugs out <laughs> we that did. sounded weird uh anyway <laughs> that's how i transition out of any anything that i say that i'm like well uh I should have said that anyway. Sounds um, legit to me, man. <laughs> I, I kind of love it. Oh. Uh, if you listened, if you like the podcast, give us a five-star rating, please. Uh, we would love to see some stars uh, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review even better and subscribe, mm. of course. And if yes, you leave please. a five-star review, we will read it on the air. And They deserve 10 stars. They'll oh. accept five. Well, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you so much for being our guest today, Josh. Oh, Besos, this was the best. Thank you so much. Oh, I loved uh, talking Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Timinator. Timinator. The Timinator. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. Forever changing the name of that movie. Yes. We back. We went back. We went forward in time to change the name of it somehow. Yeah. We will um, send our, uh, an improv comedian from the future who's like, <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with the war, but I need to change the name of this movie. That's a good uh, sketch or parody or something. <laughs> there are a lot of things we could have done with this technology. That's the next fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. And thank you, Brie, for editing this episode of course <laughs> and thank you so much everybody for listening to you need to see this you don't say affirmative or some shit like that you say no problemo and if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs>